Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Some of the stuff that dads say is absolutely crazy. Hurry up! Aren't you finished yet? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today it's going to be a slightly different episode. It's not exactly a best of episode and it's not exactly a one topic episode either. I'm calling this a deleted scenes episode. We are in season three of the podcast and as you might expect over the course of three years... I've recorded lots and lots and lots of stories. And sometimes when I record the stories, I tend to go on a little bit long. I know, that comes as a surprise, doesn't it? But I always try to bring the podcast in at somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes. Every once in a while I go over 25 minutes. I think that's the right length of time to do this kind of podcast. That's just me talking. Some people have said, oh, do more. Others have said, what are you doing? But I always try to come in between 20 and 25. As a result of that, I find myself editing out stories for whatever reason. It's a little too long. It's a little too wordy. Perhaps it doesn't exactly fit what I'm talking about. But when I edit out the stories, I do save them because you never know when you're going to return to a topic or if you're going to need a deleted scenes episode like this. So what I have for you today are six stories from previous episodes that didn't actually make the episode. It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're good. It's just because they went too long or didn't quite fit what I was talking about. Now, the reason that I'm doing this deleted scenes episode this week, and I'll be totally honest with you, I'm a little bit distracted this week. I'm recording this the week before the election. Voting has been ongoing for literally weeks. I can honestly say this is the most consequential election of my lifetime, and so I'm a little concerned about it. I try to keep the episodes of the podcast evergreen, which means you can listen to them anytime. They're generally not based on events that are currently happening. But the events that are currently happening do affect me, just like they affect you. I understand everybody's going through all kinds of different things because of what's going on in the world. And one of the reasons that I keep doing the podcast is to give you some kind of distraction from all of the stuff that's going on out there. And so I wanted to give you an episode this week. But I didn't want to talk about the election, because when this episode drops, the results won't be certified. I suspect there'll be some things going on for a while after the election. And I'm sure I'll have things to say about it down the road. But for the time being, I figured I'd give you another distraction. So here's some deleted scenes for you. First up is a story about grilling and barbecuing and how you can barbecue on your home grill. There is a difference between grilling and barbecuing, and I talked about that at length in the episode. But I also talked about how you can do barbecue, which is slow cooking over time, on your grill. I think I went really long in that episode. I think it was close to 30 minutes, and that's why I took this story out. But you can enjoy it now. First up is me talking about grilling. I know it's so exciting, right? But you know what? Grilling is important. It's a great way to cook. I love grilling. I love grilling so much that when I did the original episode, I think we went close to 30 minutes on it. That's why I edited this story out. But you get to enjoy it today. I didn't grow up with barbecue. I didn't grow up with grilling. I didn't know the difference when I was a kid. And if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, you know my dad didn't like barbecue or charcoal flavor. He didn't like cooking outside. He didn't like any of that. We had a barbecue grill. We just never used it. I would occasionally get him to let me do a fire outside and do the burgers outside because he was willing to give me that indulgence, but he didn't like it. And I never did get the chance to ask him why, because charcoal grilled food is so good. It's so tasty. I love it. And why my dad didn't like it, I'll never know. 
But because he let me do this when I was growing up, I learned how to start a fire. I learned the difference with charcoal briquettes. And I learned to appreciate charcoal grilled food. I've used propane since then, but I've discovered I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I shouldn't say I don't like it at all. I'll eat it. It's just, once you've had charcoal grilled food, you can tell the difference. And it's so much better over the charcoal, over the hardwood. Oh my goodness. Now, as I said, if you're going to do barbecue at home, you can do it. And you can do it on virtually any grill. You just have to make some adjustments. If you're going to use your basic grill for barbecue, you have to be able to set it up with indirect heat. It has to be big enough so that you can set the charcoal briquettes on one side of the grill and then the meat that you're barbecuing over on the other side of the grill, not directly over the heat, but inside the same grill, obviously. So what you're going to do is you're going to start your fire and you're going to put the briquettes on the right side of the grill. If you have an adjustable grate for the briquettes, you're going to have that on the lowest setting, so it's as far down in the grill as you can go. Then you're going to have the cooking grate over on the left side of the grill, and you're going to put your meat on top of that. If you're really into it, you can get one of those aluminum foil drip pans at your local supermarket. I shouldn't say drip pans. I use it as a drip pan. They advertise it as something you use to put brownies in to take to that potluck dinner that you don't care about bringing the dish home. It's just an aluminum tray. Get those square aluminum trays. Use that underneath the meat that you're grilling. That helps keep the heat indirect, number one. And number two, you can actually fill it with a liquid like a beer or wine or just water. And that helps keep some moisture in there as you're doing the slow barbecue process. So picture this. You have a rectangular grill on the right side as low as you can go. You have your charcoal briquettes heating up the fire. On the left side of the grill, on the cooking grate, you have your meat. In between, you have a drip pan filled with beer. Okay, not filled. One can will do. But it's got liquid in it. And that's your basic setup for barbecue at home. Then what do you put on there? Well, you can put on a pork loin. You could put on a pot roast. You could put on beef ribs or pork ribs. You could put on a big turkey breast. Anything you want to slow cook and barbecue, you can cook it in there. Now, low and slow means low and slow. You're not going to get a pork loin done in 45 minutes over indirect heat. You can do it over direct heat, but if you're going to do a pork loin slowly, plan on two hours. Pork loins are small enough. You can get it done in about two hours. If you're doing something bigger, four or five pounds, or if you're doing something with a lot of volume, like a lot of ribs, you're going to want to have four, five, six hours, depending on how big the meat is. That's why you need a meat thermometer. Because if you're throwing a six-pound roast in, or a six-pound hunk of pork, whatever it is. You want to be able to check to make sure the internal temperature is correct before you pull it off the grill. And the reason for that is, well, there's many reasons. Number one, you want it to be at the right temperature because you don't want to get sick. But one of the other reasons is when you're cooking over charcoal or hardwood, especially if you're using smoke, you get a little pink ring on the outside of the meat as you cut into it. So you can see where the heat was, where the smoke was. You can see pinkness. And people think pinkness means it's not done. That's not the case if you're doing it right. Pinkness actually means you've done it exactly right, as long as the internal temperature is correct. That's why you want to make sure. Now, I've learned all this over the years through trial and error, and I'm telling you all about it so that you don't have to make all of the same mistakes I did, but you're going to make mistakes. That's okay. You can't screw up a hamburger. You can't screw up a hot dog. If you leave it on there long enough... 8 to 10 minutes for a medium burger, 5 to 10 minutes for a hot dog, depending on how much you like it cooked. You want to flip it there. If you're doing a hamburger, you don't want to do it 8 minutes on one side. You want to do 4 and 4. With hot dogs, you keep rolling them to make sure that they get done all around. But it's trial and error. 
don't be afraid to try these things. Don't be afraid. You try a different kind of hardwood. You try a different kind of wood chip. You try a different kind of charcoal briquette. You can experiment a little. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's actually kind of fun. So don't be afraid. Go try it. Go try these things. You'll enjoy it. Staying with the cooking theme, and as you know, I've done a few episodes about cooking and recipes. This is some advice about griddles as opposed to grilling. And for whatever reason, I went on about keeping things warm. So here you go. One of the things that I've learned cooking for multiple people over the years also is that there's two ways to keep things warm. The recipe I gave you is for two pieces of French toast. If you're making four or six or eight, you probably want to serve everybody at the same time. You don't have to. You can have everybody eat as it comes up. Then you don't have to worry about keeping things warm. But if you're trying to serve everybody at the same time and you only have a frying pan that fits two slices of bread, turn your oven on, put it on the lowest setting, warm. Put an oven-proof plate in there. Take the first two pieces out, put them on the oven-proof plate in the oven, and they'll stay warm while you cook the next two pieces. That's one way to do it. The other thing you can do is you can buy a griddle. Two types of griddles. One you put on the stove or one that you plug in. Electric griddles are good. You just have to remember that one end of it is usually hotter than the other. The end where the plug is is usually hotter. So you're going to start cooking on the cooler side because it's going to have to cook longer there. And then you move the pieces around. But with an electric griddle, you could put eight or ten slices on there. A stovetop griddle, more expensive, but better heating. Because a stovetop griddle, you put over two burners on your stove. And you turn both burners up to the same heat, of course. And then you can cook multiple pieces on your stovetop griddle. But you don't need any of that fancy griddle stuff. All you need is a frying pan. As long as you have a frying pan, you can scramble your eggs, you can fry your eggs, you can make your pancakes, you can make your French toast, you can make your bacon. One frying pan does it all. With a frying pan, a spatula, and a fork, you can feed an army. I know because I've done it. This one was going into my episode about things that we don't know about or things we don't remember, things from the past that we don't really hear about anymore. I just found this interesting, so I put it in the original take. But then at the last minute, I decided to edit it out. But now we can hear it. Have you ever heard of flour sack clothing? If you haven't, I urge you to go look it up. Clothing made from flour sacks was a thing back at the time of the Great Depression in the late 1920s and early 1930s. And for those who don't know, the Depression was a huge financial crisis where hundreds of thousands of people had to go without because of a crash in the stock market, a banking crisis. It was just bad across the country. And people didn't have anything. They didn't have new clothes. They didn't have new furniture. They didn't have new anything. They had to make do. People spent their money in, you know, mundane things like food and shelter instead of new clothes and new shoes. But what happened is the manufacturers of flour which would be delivered to families in giant sacks that were made of cotton, discovered that people were using the flour sacks to make clothing for their kids. And it was easy to take the cotton from the flour sack and cut it into patterns and make clothes, shirts, pants, dresses for the kids. And so what the company started doing was packaging the flour in colorful cotton sacks, some with floral prints, some with bright colors, because the companies realized that people needed this cloth in order to make clothing for their kids. And so if you take a look at some of the pictures from that era, you will see some very brightly colored homemade clothes, all as a result of the companies making flour deciding to repackage their product in a way that would be helpful to the people who used it. Now, you might not see too many flour sack dresses these days, 
at least original ones. But that's where they came from. And I always thought that was a cool little fact. This one is a brief little snippet about Blood Brothers. This is also from an episode about things that we don't do anymore. And as you'll hear, there's a reason for that. Another thing that wouldn't happen now is the Blood Brothers. Now, we never did this, but I heard people talk about it, and I've actually seen it depicted on old TV shows and old movies, when you and your best friend would prick your finger or make a little cut on your finger and draw some blood, and you'd hook your fingers together, and that made you Blood Brothers. It was a promise of loyalty, a promise of friendship. You know, we pulled that from the books we were reading about blood oaths. Can you imagine that happening these days? Have you even heard of that? When I was a kid, it was a thing. Not everybody did it. I didn't have anybody who wanted to be my blood brother. Makes me kind of sad, I guess. But these days? Good lord, could you imagine your kid coming home and saying, Hey, I'm a blood brother with Tommy. How horrifying would that be? You what? We are so gonna have to have you tested. This next one is about my old bicycle. I've told stories about it in the past. This is yet another story about my Schwinn chopper. The other forgotten thing that I wanted to make sure to put in this episode was the chopper or easy rider bicycle. Those were the coolest bicycles and only people of a certain age remember them. Nowadays, with everybody with the trail bikes and the racing bikes, bikes all look the same. Two equal sized wheels, if it's a racing bike, very thin tires. If it's a mountain bike, very thick and rugged looking tires. But boy, the bike to have when I was growing up was the chopper. Oh man, the chopper was so cool. It had a big rear wheel and a little tiny front wheel. The really cool kids had an extended fork on it. Like that fork was two or three feet long. So the front wheel was way out in front of you. It sucked for braking purposes because the cable was too long to use on the front brakes. You never really got good brake traction on the front brakes on those really extended forks. But I had a Schwinn chopper. The fork was just the right size. You actually had some braking power on the front brakes. And it was cool, man. It was a five-speed. And instead of having the shifter up on your thumb, like you do on a racing bike, or on the post, where some of the racing bikes have it too, it had like a gear shift right on that crossbar. And the gear shift had a one, two, three, four, and five on it. So you knew you had a five-speed. And when I say gear shift, it really looked like the shifter from a car. Oh man, it was the coolest. I loved that thing. That was such an awesome bike to ride around on. And I remember getting it secondhand. Some kid was selling it. We couldn't afford firsthand. We couldn't afford secondhand. This was probably thirdhand. But I saved up my allowance money. I saved up my chore money. I had to come up with 35 bucks for this bike. And I did. I did. It's also the bike that was featured in the previous episode of the podcast where I went sliding down the street in the gravel after I was racing downhill against my friend, who was riding a racing bike. The chopper was a great, fun bike. Looked cool. Not a racing bike. But I love that bike. But it's one of those forgotten things. People don't remember the choppers. Here's what you do. Go to Google. Google Schwinn Chopper. See what you come up with. See if you don't think that's a cool bike. Okay, to close this episode of Deleted Scenes out, I do have an excerpt from my episode about growing older. That was one of my favorite episodes to do, and it was hard to edit stuff out of it. But this is one of my takes that I took out of that episode because it just made the program so long. But it seems perfect to close this Deleted Scenes episode. So here you go. One of the other things to remember is this. 
There is never going to be that moment, that aha moment, when you go, I'm a grown-up now, everything's fine, I've got it all figured out. Being a grown-up, being an adult, there's no particular age that that happens. And being a grown-up isn't a thing, really. You get to a certain age and you can still be a surfer, a streamer, a hiker, a writer, a kayaker, a voiceover artist. You can do anything you want, no matter what your age is. But just because you get to a certain age doesn't mean, aha, now I'm a grown-up. As you get older, you assume the responsibilities of an adult-type person. You have the regular job, you pay your bills, you raise your kids, you take care of your family. You do all the things that you're responsible for, for sure. But nobody hands you a manual at 40 and goes, here you go, you've made it. Let me pin this badge to your chest. You'll find all the instructions on page 17 that you'll need for handling mortgage payments and retired parents. The dirty little secret about being a grown-up is this. We all make it up as we go along. No matter what it is, we're all making it up as we go along. Nobody has it all figured out. And those that claim that they do, they're lying to you. What we do as adults is we make reasoned decisions based on our life experiences and the advice we get from the people we trust. And even then we're still making it up. And you know what? That's okay. It's perfectly okay. Because that's what life is all about. It's getting through your days, making decisions, enjoying what you can enjoy, spending time with people you care about, and getting the most out of your existence on this rock hurtling through space. Because that's what we are. We're a bunch of organisms on a rock hurtling through space. And in the big scheme of things, we should probably be enjoying our limited time here rather than getting in fights, getting angry, getting frustrated. Make the most of your time to enjoy yourself here, because this is all we've got. So there you have it. Some of the deleted scenes from the past few seasons. Don't worry, I have more. But I figure that's enough for today. We'll save the rest for the next time. But that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of things. Thanks for all of your support. I really do appreciate all of the time that you spend listening and all of the support you give me. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.